Welcome to The Compliance Files, brought to you by Compliance Institute. The Compliance Files is a unique podcast series, giving you access to industry insights and key perspectives on how the evolving regulatory landscape is driving change, bringing challenge and opportunity for compliance professionals everywhere. Hello, and welcome to The Compliance Files podcast, brought to you by the Compliance Institute in Ireland. I'm Cathy Jacobs, former president of the Compliance Institute and a compliance professional of 20 years. And it is a great pleasure for me to host this podcast. Anyone involved in financial services cannot be in any doubt that a very important activity in financial services is marketing. And one that over the years has become subject to more and more complex regulation. Because advertising is often the first time a consumer or customer interfaces with a financial institution, the central bank is a key stakeholder and many years regulated advertising. From the Consumer Credit Act in 1995 and the Consumer Protection Code and various accompanying publications. Also in the data protection and privacy space, we've had GDPR and also the e-privacy regulation or SI336 of 2011 which regulate direct marketing by email and text. Brand and marketing have been an important stakeholder and customer of the compliance function and have been from the beginning. So I'm delighted to welcome today Aidan Parr, Director of Marketing and Corporate Affairs in KBC Bank in Ireland, where he is a key member of the leadership team within the bank and responsible for leading the brand, marketing, communications and corporate affairs for the bank. Prior to joining KBC, Aidan was head of brand and marketing in EBS Building Society, as it was then, with key responsibilities for managing the marketing and communications strategy for the EBS retail business, driving the EBS brand strategy and implementing the CSR and sustainability program for the organization. Aidan has been actively involved in both the marketing and banking sector in many representative organizations over the years, from the Advertisers Association Council Chambers Ireland, CSR Policy Council, and the Board of the Advertising Standards Authority of Ireland. Aidan is here to discuss with me today the ups and downs and challenges that regulation has brought to the role of brand marketing and advertising in financial services. Welcome to the Compliance Files podcast, Aidan, and thank you very much for talking to me today. Thanks, Cathy. It's great to be here. As a former colleague of yours, I can I can certainly attest to how successful you are actually at EBS in building a, a great brand. For unfortunately, you moved on. So, can you describe for our listeners the life cycle of a typical campaign from conception to execution? It usually starts um, with you know a, a business or a customer objective, um, and that can be the, the objectives can vary hugely um you sometimes you can have a commercial objective you can have a customer need or there's a business opportunity and they really vary and i think you know depending on what that objective is the response to it as to what we call a brief actually um is, is very very can be very very different but once you've got that objective set down in place um what you do then you sometimes can do research to see if that objective or that need or that opportunity is, is really real and if there's a commercial opportunity within it. Or sometimes you just actually do research to get more insights into that particular opportunity. Once that is done then, or maybe if, if you do get the chance to do research, what you generally do is write a brief 
Okay, and this is one of the hardest things to do because what you're trying to do is to get within that brief and try to make it as tight as possible for external partners or agency to be able to respond to it in the right way. Um, some people write extensive briefs, other people, you know, or some agencies would say a brief on a page is the best thing you can do for them. You know what I mean? In terms of actually trying to get the idea or the core insight that you're trying to get across in terms of your communications. Once that brief is written, then um, usually that goes. And sometimes actually the brief, Kathy, can be written with external partners as well. And sometimes it's good to do collaboration um, because that maybe actually really tightens what the um, brief needs to be before anybody actually starts working on it. Once the brief is done, then it, it's left with um, the agencies. Some, 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 you know, some people have in-house creative agencies. Most people have external creative agencies, which I think is always good because it brings a different kind of um, uh, view on the work. And I think it's always good to go outside your organization as well, just to get the right response. And generally what they do, they look at the brief and they kind of say, well, they interrogate it. They might ask you questions. This is where you might get into a room um, with them and, and they specifically ask you questions on what you've written down. And then they go away and formulate a response to that brief. And the brief then really, the response is really usually takes in, in kind of two forms. Usually there's the creative aspect to it in terms of what's the idea. Um, that's responding to the insight and then there's the media aspect to it so how are we actually going to communicate to the audience what channels are we going to use and generally it, it's usually better if they actually come back together or that collaboration happens um, with both the creative and the media proposal in some agencies you get it all under one house in other times you actually have to get both agencies to work together so that it's completely aligned. So there's no point in you know developing a TV ad um, if the media strategy is all digital necessarily, if you know what I mean. So it just means to make, you need to make sure that they're completely aligned on that. Um, then generally what happens is the brief and the response comes back to me, the client or the marketeer and the organization. Um, and then it's actually just worked through. So very often, you know, at that stage, what you might get, um, you know, what's called tissue sessions, which, which they're kind of really initial early storyboards or scripts or ideas and they're really just testing the idea with you to see if it works or not or if it's something you think um, meets the brief um, sometimes you can actually get full storyboards and scripts um, and that's really where you start to kind of collaborate with the agency give some initial feedback say maybe sometimes you're presented with two or three options and you're asked for a preferred option you respond to that um, you you tighten it a little bit further they go back do more thinking um, and then come back again to you and then when you get to that stage really where you're at is probably kind of um, when you get to that stage where it's actually all pretty much there um, before you go into production and spend real money um, on actually doing it everything is tightened down and I think it's at that stage really and you know um, given the audience we're talking today in terms of compliance professionals that's where you guys come in but actually um, my thinking on it actually these days is that compliance um, colleagues need to come in earlier in process actually with us so that people can fully understand what we need to know and we need to understand before we actually go into that production stage and then when we get to production that's when all the things happen behind the scenes um, it's maybe making a tv ad it's a radio script or it's a press ad or whatever that all goes into production and then it goes straight into execution. And that's where consumers actually see it at the end of the day, whether it's beyond their TV or in a newspaper. That's a fascinating um, tour around um, a campaign and, and good insight for, for compliance professionals. And we might pick up again later on. So could you tell us um, what are the, the challenges in brand and marketing, the, maybe the non-compliance ones 
first of all, uh, where your objective is trying to sell a financial services product? Sure. I think any marketeer, I think, um, you know, who values their work and wants to be proud of their work that they actually do. I think for us, um, it's always about trying to be creative. You're trying to drive interest in a category and this category, while I enjoy it very much and I've been in it for about 20 years, when you, when you think about consumers, for consumers, it's quite a low interest category. Um, so people don't get up and get excited about financial services products in the morning, which is a pity. Um, you know, if you're doing fashion or if you're doing something else, it's actually quite a different reaction. Uh, so you're always trying to, you know, drive interest in, in the category that you're in. I think you want your work to stand out from the crowd. And I think you want it, you know, there's so much clutter in terms of advertising out there, um, but you want to stand out for the right reasons as well. You don't want to get it wrong. And, you know, advertising and communication is all very subjective, um, you know, so everybody has an opinion or a view. Um, so I think you want to stand out for the right reasons. I think you want the work to resonate with consumers um, you want them to like your brand. It's, it's one thing selling kind of a financial services product, but it's another thing actually selling a brand as well. And, and you know, whether we like it or not, every day, all of us buy brands um, because of how they actually make us feel and how, you know, the brand association with us as individuals makes us feel. So you want people to resonate with your brand, not just necessarily the product. Another challenge sometimes we all face, and I've worked probably, um, you know, in smaller organizations is the fact that you have to work with smaller budgets. Um, so trying to get that cut through is difficult, you know, so very often you have to be an awful lot more creative. And I, and I think, you know, um, you have to be a little bit agile. You also have to be kind of, you know, um, maybe guerrilla-like in your tactics in terms of what you're trying to do to get that attention from the consumer and i think you know you're all trying to constantly fight um especially within marketers and most marketers will actually experience this short-termism versus long-term brand building we all try to get the instant results to get the instantaneous brand awareness scores up right but you you also need to invest for the longer term and sometimes those results don't come as quickly as you would actually like them to come so that that's one of the big challenges that we all face and i think you know i actually look at my role kathy and i i see it really as two things one is building a brand but then my other role then from a comms perspective is also protecting that brand um, and protecting that investment that we've made in terms of building a brand so um there's lots of challenges believe you me, beyond compliance ones um, for marketeers. So um, it, it's, 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 we're not shy of them, put it that way. We're all familiar with, there's an ad out there with an earworm of a theme tune or something that, that we remember. And sometimes for good reasons, sometimes not. So yeah, and I get that, you know, that dichotomy between brand and, you know, the, the immediate hit and, and um, so that, that's really interesting that the slow burn and a quick burn at the same time, a bit like compliance. Um, so when did compliance start creeping into your role and has it changed brand and marketing? Compliance um, really started uh, coming into the role significantly. I think it would have been in my time within EBS, obviously. I think I was always very aware of regulation. I think every sector has its own regulation and its own things it needs to look at specifically so whether you you work in alcohol or whether you work in food you still have regulation um, that governs you and they may not necessarily be called compliance within those particular sectors but 
regulation is there um, and it needs to be adhered to. You would have been very much within financial services. And I think as more kind of um, regulation was introduced, um, new codes, um, amendments to codes were introduced. You saw the impact um, coming not only through communications, but actually for right across the business. So, you know, any, any regulation that was introduced had a, an element from a consumer um, and customer's perspective, from a comms perspective, but it usually actually went broader than that. Um, and it was it was much wider across the station. So I've been working with compliance um, for good on 20 years, I think now at this stage. And I think I've learned an awful lot over the years. And I, I really value compliance's input um, into actually how we can actually make better communications for customers i think i think there's a healthy tension that needs to be there with compliance and with marketeers because i think we have a responsibility a collective responsibility to make sure that the right communications get out to customers at the end of the day and i think it's important that you know marketeers and creative people are always challenged by compliance colleagues so compliance colleagues and my relationship with compliance my team's relationship with compliance is really really important to me um, and it's something I invested an awful lot of time with. Um, I would have invested an awful lot of time with with it in, in EBS for with many colleagues over the years and similarly within KBC. Because I think we both have that one objective and that goal um, to get it right. I would definitely agree about the the healthy tension and that and that collective responsibility to get the comms right and to be able to demonstrate to the central bank as well as the regulator, as our regulator to um to show that we, you know, we were uh, making the right decisions um, in, in terms of getting the, the message right to the, to the customer. Um, and what regulations brought the most change to your job? And are there any, any regulations that are more challenging from a marketing professional perspective to adhere to? Um, and have you developed any strategies for dealing with these? I think you had it in your in your introduction i think gdpr um was uh, you know the more recent one that i think had probably one of the biggest impacts but that was right even across our entire business um and you know it was almost agnostic of the sector as well gdpr affected everyone and i think you know we're still learning from that um and i think every organization had to put programs in place in order to fully understand the impacts for it to make sure that we were doing things in the right way so i think that one you know more recently is probably the one has has had most impact me in particular it's it's for that it's really about customer contact um making sure consents are being managed you know cookies um, all of that good stuff, you know, we always have to get our head around it. Um, so that that's probably been the most impact. I think it's been kind of gradual um, as I've gone through the last 10 or 15 years in, in, in communications. I think what I've found is that some of the changes that have come along have evolved over time. And I think we've been able to learn as well through different amendments to codes and to regulations over the years. And, and we've just adapted I don't think there's been anything that's been particularly challenging. I think it's always a challenge when you get a piece of creative work and then you overlay, you know, the, the, the compliance elements to it in terms of actually making sure that all those things are in there, whether that be a press ad, whether that be a radio ad. I think we're all familiar with those ones as well, you know, or TV ads. And um, they're probably the, the challenging ones. I think I'm very used to that at this stage. 
I think for anyone joining the sector would probably get a surprise and shock of, of, of a lot of the stuff that we have to do. Um, so I, I don't think anything has been particularly challenging from my perspective. I think one of the strategies I think, you know, that is good and probably as marketeers we need to be better at is actually when something new is coming down the tracks or it's in that stage of consultation that we input more into actually how that it is shaped. And I think that's really, really important. And I think educating, you know, those that are developing the regulation um, uh, is really, really important in terms of how communications touch points for consumers are actually changing all the time. And actually what that piece of regulation means when you actually have a very complex and diverse way of communicating to customers and making sure that actually we're all meeting somewhere in the middle. So I, th I think a particular strategy, I think that, you know, is good and they, and they do it in other sectors as well, whether that be food or whether that be alcohol related advertising, people input early um, into the process to make sure that their views are heard. So I think that's one particular strategy that I think we need to be better at. Um, in order to shape some of the things, because ultimately, at the end of the day, we all want to do the right things for cons consumers and customers. Um, there's no disagreement with that. And we need to make sure that even those warnings on adverts that we're putting out there um, are actually doing the job that they're supposed to be doing um, and that people aren't becoming blind to them by just the very fact that they're there. So that's one thing that would probably concern me a little bit that, you know, people suffer from advertising blindness. I just want to make sure they don't not see the things that we're actually trying to get them to read and see as we go forward, you know. Yeah. And really getting to the business end here, Aidan, what could your compliance function or any compliance function or, or our listeners do when they're interacting with the brand and marketing teams to make your life easier? So, yeah, I, I think this is my call out to all yes. compliance people. Um, I think... I've, I've been very lucky, I'll be honest with you. I think I've always had a good relationship with compliance, but I personally invest in that relationship because it, it's one that needs to work for both sides. And they're a critical stakeholder for my team um, and for me. I think we also could help each other by really understanding what each other does. Um, you know, if we, if we step into each other's shoes and see what it's like to be like, a compliance professional or see what it's like to be like a marketeer and I think if people truly understand what the other one is doing and you know walks in their shoes for a little while and understands the why of something um, they usually end up having a probably a better relationship and you can understand that point of view an awful lot more. I think the more I have involved people in the process um, and involved compliance colleagues early in the creative process um, that has definitely helped because they understand what we're trying to do much earlier on. And you're not coming cold when all the work has been done up front and you get feedback and you're trying to understand, well, what happened there and, and why do I need to change that when so much work has been done? So I think involving people earlier and having a really, I suppose, robust and good, strong interaction. Um, I, I, you know, there shouldn't be a week that goes by that a marketing team isn't talking to somebody from compliance, you know, and you can't let the, the relationship become too distant, even if it's just to plan things. Um, you know, Kathy, what it's like having worked with, with, with marketeers over the years, there's a whole series of steps, as I described earlier, in terms of getting something from production to actually getting it live. Um, so pressure points come on. So I think, you know, you can actually get great support from compliance colleagues at the end of the day when those pressure points come on, if you have a good relationship and, and you've done that in investment up front. I actually don't think it's about 
compliance colleagues making our lives easier. I think we have equal um, responsibility to make each other's lives easier in terms of how we work together. Um, and I think once once that's understood from the outset, um, I think once you can have a good collaborative, healthy relationship, I think it, it should all go in, in, in the right direction. Yes, no, I I'd agree absolutely with that, Aidan. You do need, you know, for in order for that healthy tension to work for everybody, you you do need to have that that respect and that that effective working relationship. And it's it's really finding that sweet spot. Have you had any challenging interactions or discussions with stakeholders um, or, or, or uh, yeah, any regulators? Um, and what did you learn from them? I think we've all had challenges, um, you know, or feedback or discussions from time to time. That's part of life. And I think that's part of business as well. What I've learned um, over those, I can't think of anything specific that I, I, I can uh, bring to mind now, but what I've learned to do over the years um, is to listen um, and really try and hear what it is they are saying so I can understand better. Um, I think any kind of challenging interactions or discussions that happen usually are based on a different point of view. Um, sometimes you have to understand more why that view is held um, and if it's correct or what is driving that perspective or view. Um, I believe, though, if you're guided at the core, which I think everybody most in, in this business is, is doing right by customers or consumers, um, which is where regulation is primarily driven from at its core, you won't steer too far off course. Um, but I think it's always good to have challenged um, interactions um, and, and good strong feedback and I think it's my responsibility but it's also everyone's responsibility to hear the other person's point of view and I think it's you know it's really important that you get diversity of thought and thinking um, in making kind of some of the decisions you make around communications um, because what you don't want to do is become kind of almost like a group think kind of a, an idea of this is the way we only do it and we've always done it that way. So I think the more interaction you have, the better really, but really try and listen to your stakeholders um, and not only listen, hear what it is they're saying, because you'll get a good insight as to what's going on. If the central bank were, were listening in and we like to think that, that we are reaching um, very diverse uh, listenership, um, if if they were listening in, how could they make your life easier while still delivering on their mandate of, of protecting consumers? Yeah, I think we have a collective mandate. I think it's a shared mandate. It's not just theirs. I think it's, it is centered on customers and consumers. It's about making their lives easier. And if we start from there, I think, and have their interests at the core and that they're protected, I think that's always a good starting point. From my perspective, I think it's always to know what's driving change and why change is happening. So if something is coming down the line in terms of something we need to do now in terms of communications for consumers, it's really important for me to understand the need for it so that I can understand as well where they're coming from and do the best job I can do on my side. I think marketeers ourselves, actually, we have a job to improve education for marketeers of financial services. And then equally, we need to educate others on how the communications and media landscape is changing um, and how it's evolving. Because sometimes we don't always think beyond that. You know, we always, you know, sometimes we can look at just what our role is within the overall journey for the consumer. And I think we have to think end to end, really, um, all of us to make sure what we're doing is, is the correct thing. I think it would be really good if I was to say one thing to talk to consumers together, um, not in isolation of each other. I think that would be a really good idea. 
um, to find out really what is the impact of communications in their lives, how they process communications themselves, and in particular, communications on financial products. Because I think it's it's in all our interests to get that right. And I think it would be really useful if we actually uh, sat down together and actually heard what consumers say about communications in a room. I think consumer research can be really powerful in terms of what it actually tells you about the job that you're actually doing um, and where it actually fits within their lives. And I think it can be a real eye opener. And I think we can learn an awful lot from that as well. Finally, we're reaching the end of our podcast. Um, what do you think the future holds for marketing and maybe even its regulation? What developments do you see into the future? Yeah, I think it's going to become more complex. Why do I say that? Emerging technologies, how products are sold, business models are all changing. Um, consumer touch points are changing. So how a consumer sees um, a, div a product or information about a product is so far reaching nowadays um, in terms of their daily lives. We're trying to find where we can put something in front of consumers. And as, as that gets more complex, I think it's going to be even more challenging to regulate and it's going to be more difficult to regulate. And then what you have to do that, if, if the ecosystem also becomes more complex and you have to regulate that, you have to try and figure out is how do you balance that with keeping it simple and understandable for consumers at the end of the day, while also making sure that you're protecting them? So it, it really is trying to figure out that bit. Um, I think whatever happens with the environment, um, it will be continued to be regulated, and that's absolutely needed. Um, we do need that. How we do that in the best for consumers and customers, that's actually the problem that we'll all need to solve. So I think what you have is a very complex environment that does need to be regulated, but you want a consumer that actually wants communications that's really, really simple so that they understand it. So where we have to kind of solve that problem together is actually trying to address that particular issue itself. Thank you for walking the walk and helping us step into your shoes and understand your role. And, you know, some of the messages there um, would certainly, you know, resonate with, with our listeners. Ultimately, we're all on the same page. We want to do the right thing by customers, the importance of education and, and, and customers, the importance of uh, inputting to consultation, which compliance professionals are really attuned to. Um, and ultimately, both you and we are interested in, in protecting the brand because, you know, something I always say is that, um, you know, the salespeople get the, the income in, but compliance professionals protect the income and, and you're very much in that space as well. So um, thank you so much um, for giving us your time and, and giving us that, that insight into, into the world of brand and marketing. So thanks, thanks for your insights and expertise. And thanks to you for listening to the Compliance Files podcast brought to you by the Compliance Institute. I do hope and I'm sure you find this podcast interesting and useful. We would be very grateful if you would review or rate this podcast. And until the next episode, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Compliance Files. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are listening to ensure you don't miss out on future episodes.